وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته My beloved brothers and sisters, at the time of the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wassalam, according to verse number 60 of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that his people asked him for water. Obviously, they wanted to drink water. There was no water around. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that mention is made of the, the fact that they needed the water and they were hopeless besides the fact that they asked Musa alayhi salam to ask Allah for water. Now, they had a habit where they would ask the Prophet and the Prophet at the time being Musa alayhi salam, they would ask the Prophet and the Prophet would then make dua to Allah, call out to Allah. Now imagine there's no water at all. And here is the Prophet. When Musa alayhi salam asked for water for his people from us, we told him, what did we tell him? Allah automatically gave him almost instantly the water in a specific way. Verse number 60, Allah says, we told him to strike with his stick the rock. So he struck it and suddenly these 12 springs gushed out of the rock. Something considered impossible was actually possible. Subhanallah Rabbil Alameen. You know, I have witnessed the drilling of boreholes and at times they hit rock and they drill through the rock and they suddenly strike water and it splashes up. And I'm thinking, Subhanallah, how Allah allowed that stick of Musa alayhi salam to strike the rock in a way that the water came gushing forth from the rock by the power of Allah. So Allah granted them healing. They had the water, they drank from it. Water is very healthy, obviously. You and I know that many of us have the intake of water is too little, yet it is there. We waste water sometimes, which is terrible. So if you want to achieve the goodness, you need to conserve and at the same time, utilize in the best possible way. Make use of it, appreciate it and thank Allah for it. And don't become hopeless. If Allah could cause the rock to split and water to gush forth, Allah can do anything. SubhanAllah, have faith, conviction. Obviously, people might say, well, that was Musa alayhi salam. Indeed, but that is Allah. That is Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we told them, Kulu wa Eat, drink from the favors of Allah. You know, there is another verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we provided them with food from heaven. We gave them the man and the salwa. We gave them water here, Allah is saying. We gave them everything. What didn't Allah give us? I sit and I look at some of the fruits and vegetables that we have, the bread, and when we enter the supermarket, we exchange a little bit of money for some beautiful food. And even if it's a tin of baked beans, imagine where it was, where it was sown, where it grew, where it, the crop was harvested, how many people worked on it, and where it was transported, where it was sold, and who sold it thereafter, how it was packed. Where, how it found its way onto the shelf. That's on one hand. The other hand with you, 
how you worked and how you earned and what you did and all of that. And then you married the two and you met at the point where you bought this can of baked beans and you opened it. And if you take a look at every single thing, there is a can opener, there is the can, there is your utensil, there is a stove, there is so much more. These are favors of Allah. When you think about them, there's a lot of healing. A lot of healing. You start looking at the blessings that Allah's actually blessed you with. Subhanallah, subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. And Allah describes the Quran in Surah uh, Al-Baqarah, verse number 97. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hudan wa bushra In the Quran, there is guidance and glad tidings for those who believe. If you believe, you have guidance, glad tidings. Look at the story of Musa alayhi salam. If you're a believer, that story of Moses will enlighten you. It will make you so happy. It will show you after so many struggles how they came out of it. It will actually make you realize that for every Pharaoh there is a Moses. It will make you realize that for every unjust person justice will be served. It makes you realize that everyone and everything has a prescribed time after which Allah will ensure that goodness prevails. Allah gives you respite in order to correct your ways, your habits, whatever else it may be. That's the gift of Allah. So remember that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, in verse number uh, 103 of Surah Al-Baqarah, He speaks about the disbelievers and Allah says, if they believe and they did good deeds, if they believed and developed their consciousness with Allah, they developed their taqwa, they then did good deeds basically, Allah says, they would have achieved a lot of reward from Allah. If only but they knew that if they believe and did good deeds, then there is a great reward from Allah that they would expect and they should expect and they would receive. So for all of us, there is a lot of hope in this because we are believers and we're doing good deeds. Allah says, do you know what? By the will of Allah, you will achieve a lot of goodness that's going to come in your direction. Now, there is mention in verse number 109 of jealousy, the jealousy of some of the disbelievers where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if they would, if they could, they would have turned you away from your faith out of jealousy that you are worshipping your maker alone, no sticks and stones, no deities, no people, no trees, no nothing besides the one who made you. When they know that, sometimes the people, because of materialistic reasons or whatever other reasons there may be, they actually turn away. They want you to turn away out of jealousy. So Allah says, Hasadam min indi and fusihim. They knew that what the truth was, but after that, their jealousy made them try to drive you away from your faith. Allah says, don't be driven away from your faith. Allah speaks about something very interesting at the end of that verse. He says, Fa'fu wasfahu, hatta yati Allahu Forgive and embrace. Forgive and embrace until Allah comes with His instruction. Because Allah is indeed all able and all capable. So the point I want to highlight here is forgiving and embracing. A lot of the times we are hopeless and we actually haven't healed simply because we haven't forgiven, we haven't let go. So the burden is becoming bigger and bigger. 
So Allah is telling you, far from what was far. You know what? Just excuse them. Just ignore it. Just forgive them. And embrace. Keep the peace. And obviously this depends on what type of crime is committed against you. To forgive is something you're being encouraged to do. But to forget is not simple. And it's not an Islamic teaching to forgive and forget. Especially when the crime is terrible. Because Allah tells you, forgive, but remember it so that you're not bitten from the same point twice. Amazing. Remember this. So, my brothers and sisters, Allah is telling you to forgive and let go. Embrace. If you can do that, you will achieve a lot of goodness. Many people don't forgive. They say, how will I forgive? How can I forgive? They've done a lot of bad. Just let go of it from your heart. You don't have to communicate it to them. They don't need to know you've forgiven them because they probably haven't even asked you for forgiveness in many cases. But you can just let go of it from your heart. And you can say, Oh Allah, I make you bear witness that I've forgiven this person. I don't want to have much to do with them. I don't really want to associate with them because I don't wish to be bitten twice. So I may not be able to embrace them, but I will at least forgive. That's a very powerful message. My brothers and sisters, try it. No matter what they've done to you, try to forgive. Even if you cannot embrace, at least you've done one thing. And if you have forgiven and embraced, always remember, if it was something really bad that happened to you, then it could happen again. It will take time for them to prove themselves to you that this will not happen again. And over time, you may end up forgetting because of how good the times have become. But initially, it's not like that. Initially, you won't forget. It's going to take a long time to heal the scars of what happened that you've forgiven. People ask sometimes, can I forgive but not forget? And I said, obviously, you're a human. How can you just forget, especially when it's something bad? But forgive them. So may Allah grant us that comfort and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open for us the goodness. And let's try and remember that every goodness that we have is from Allah. Keep on asking Him for the goodness. And when you have a good heart, Allah will indeed recompense you for that good heart. That doesn't mean you should allow people to trample all over you, but it does mean you can forgive and you can take heed. May Allah bless us all. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabiyya Muhammad. وننزل من القرآن ما هو شفاء ورحمة للمؤمنين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته My beloved brothers and sisters in verse number 110 of Surah Al-Baqarah Allah tells us to establish our prayer to give charities to the poor and then Allah says Whatever you have spent in the cause of goodness, in the cause of Allah, whatever goodness you've spent, you will definitely see the reward of it in a better way from Allah. So let's read the verse. وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ 
وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ تَجِدُوهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Allah says, establish your prayer and give alms to the poor, give your zakah, give your charities. And Allah says, whatever you have put forth for yourself, you will find it with Allah. Indeed, He knows everything. He sees everything that is done. Now, why I've highlighted this verse in this series is because many times we do things and it's only the hope in the mercy and acceptance of Allah that would keep us going. And Allah will show you the goodness in this world and the next. When you spend, Allah will spend on you. You know the famous hadith, Anfiq yabna Adama unfiq alayk. You know, spend, O son of Adam, I will spend on you. It's amazing. And so Allah says, when you spend, I'll give you more. If you haven't spent and you're miserly, your wealth will be depleted. So when you do something for Allah, Allah will recompense you in this world and the next. Don't forget that. It's impossible for Allah not to give you a reward. Your prayer, you get a reward for in this world and the next. Your charities to the poor, you get a reward for in this world and the next. All of that is multiplied tenfold, hundredfold, two hundredfold, seven hundredfold, so much more, subhanAllah. Allah will multiply it and He says, you will see it with Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So nothing is wasted for as long as you continue and you're dedicated uh, in the path of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then He tells us, بَلَا مَنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنْ فَلَهُ أَجْرُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ you know, I don't want fear and I don't want to be sad. How can I achieve that? Allah says, well, those who believe, those who submit, Balaman Aslama, Aslama is a person who's a Muslim. Muslim means the one who submits to the instruction of Allah. So Allah says, those, the one who has submitted uh, his face towards Allah, which means he has submitted totally to Allah Lillah, and he does good. He's a Muhsin. Muhsin encompasses all forms of good. So he does good. Muhsin. He worships Allah in the best and highest possible way. You do the best that you can. Allah says such a person will achieve his reward with Allah and he will have no need to be saddened or to fear. No need to fear and no need to be sad. He will not be sad and he will not fear. So when you worship Allah and you are convinced that Allah alone will harm or will allow harm or benefit, then you understand this relationship and it becomes so beautiful that Allah Almighty is pleased with us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us uh, from his pleasure. You know, nothing is impossible for Allah. Nothing is impossible for Allah. He just has to say be and it is. And this is why in verse number 117 of Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says, Badi'u samawati wal ard. Who is Allah? He is the creator of the skies and the earth, the heavens and the earth. He is the creator. Badi'u samawati wal ard. He created them from nothing. 
from nothing. What did he say? Whenever he has decided something, he just says be and it is. So you can never ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah. If he created things from nothing, he will definitely create goodness for you and I. But he wants you to be bear patience at times because he knows it's better for you. When a child goes to school, they have to work hard, they have to write the examinations, they have to follow the rules. All of that is for them to pass. In fact, their parents will cheer them on to say, work hard because we want to see you pass. So it doesn't mean that your parents dislike you or that there's something wrong with the school. Same applies, it doesn't mean Allah dislikes you or there's something wrong with Islam. These are rules, regulations and Allah is instructing us, encouraging us to continue to fulfill because he wants to see us graduate in a beautiful way so that we achieve Jannatul Firdaus. We achieve ultimate eternal goodness. The world, the life of this world is so temporary, it's only a few years. So Allah Almighty definitely wants us to continue beyond this and Allah wants us to achieve the everlasting bliss. A small inconvenience is definitely worth it. When you are renovating your house, when you're rebuilding a place, when you're repositioning your office or something, there will be days of inconvenience for long-term convenience. You're setting up a new store or you're doing whatever you have to in order to be able to live in a better place. One day you'll have the official opening, mashallah. And then you're so happy because you're in your new place. What about the inconvenience, the interim of it? It took you a year to build this place, but you're going to live in there for 20 years. The same applies to our lives. We are in a building phase of the eternal life. Don't forget, have hope. Your heart will heal once you realize convincingly that that's the case. When you're, once, you're, you know, once you have this conviction within you, subhanAllah, I'm in a phase of building. Building what? My hereafter. That's why I'm here. Life is too short. The 70, 80 years that I'm going to get here, so many people, really good people have passed on and some bad people have passed on as well. Life was so short. It cannot be that such a sophisticated creature is there only for 70 years. It should be much longer. But Allah says it will be forever. This is just a phase. It's called the life of this world. But the next is everlasting. So Allah says have hope and you must Develop that hope with a lot of conviction. It will automatically heal your heart. Look at Ibrahim salam. He called out to Allah. Imagine where he was. He was in the desert with his wife and child. And he called out to Allah. And he says, Oh Allah. Verse number 126 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Remember the time when the Prophet Abraham, may peace be upon him, called out to his Lord saying, Oh my Lord, make this town or a, a, a safe place, secure this town and grant its inhabitants with uh, lots of produce, different types of fruit and vegetable and so on. Look at Makkah today. He was speaking about Makkah. It was barren. Nothing grew there. It didn't even have water at one stage prior to this. And Allah caused the gushing spring of Zamzam to flow. Up to this day it is flowing and Allah caused all fruits and vegetables from across the globe to come there. So never lose hope. When you call out to Allah, 
If you don't see the fruit of it immediately, you may see it long term. And if you didn't see it in your life, you would see it later on. And part of the hope and healing is to be able to pray for those whom you haven't seen from your progeny and the progeny of others. Subhanallah. Imagine the amount of hope Ibrahim salam had when he's praying for his offspring. He prayed for us, literally, by asking Allah to make this place beautiful. In fact, he says, Oh Allah, I pray that you make the two of us submitters and even from our families. I'd like to see my family and my progeny submitters unto you. How many of us pray for our progenies? How many of us pray for our children? Oh Allah, grant me goodness and my children and my progeny, my offspring. Oh Allah, keep them on steadfast on faith. I am being strong with my prayer. Keep my children also strong with their prayer. That's the, that's the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam. He also goes out to say, Oh Allah, let the hearts of the people incline towards Makkah. My heart's inclined towards Makkah. I can't wait to go back to Makkah to Mukarramah once all these restrictions are lifted, inshallah. And the same applies to most of us. If I were to tell you, let's go to Makkah. The majority of us, those who believe, would all say, let's go, mashallah. May Allah gather us in his obedience in this world and the next. And ameen to that dua that I just made right now. So my brothers and sisters, this is something amazing. It's the gift of Allah. And that's why when he said, Oh Allah, from my offspring, make prophets who will come and remind people to do good and remind them to stay away from bad. Allah gave him that dua. And all the prophets who came after the prophet Abraham were from his family. Whoa. A lot of hope in listening to these stories and in knowing what happened thereafter. So in my life also, I'm going to pray to Allah and I'm going to make sure that I have hope because the same Allah who responded to those du'as will respond to mine and yours. أقول قولي هذا وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد. وننزل من القرآن ما هو شفاء ورحمة للمؤمنين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته My brothers and sisters, we saw how the Prophet Ibrahim عليه الصلاة والسلام called out to Allah for everything for his children, for the city, the progeny, the hereafter and he, there was almost no dua that he missed out. And this is why Allah has mentioned a lot of the duas of Ibrahim alayhi salam, dua meaning the supplications of the Prophet Abraham, may peace be upon him, in the Quran. And from among them, we've been through some of them, but every time he, he did a good deed, he always asked Allah to accept the good deed. An example of which is the building of the Kaaba. When he built the Kaaba, at the end he says, رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Oh Allah, accept it from us. You are indeed the all-hearing, the all-knowing. We did this, we tried our best, we fulfilled your instruction. We want you to accept it from us. Now, I learned from this that whenever I do a good deed, I need to ask Allah to accept it from me because it may not be upon the highest level of concentration if it's a prayer or an act of worship like recitation of the Quran, it may not be 
done in the most complete way because I'm a human being. But we did it ultimately for the sake of Allah. Shaitan may have come to try and contaminate a little bit here and there. We fought Shaitan and now we're saying, Oh Allah, accept it from us. You're indeed all hearing, all knowing. We tried our best. Brothers and sisters, you and I are human beings. That is good enough. That is good enough. Don't allow Shaitan to make you doubt your deed once you've packed it away for the sake of Allah. Remember that the fight or the war with Shaitan is all about him trying to make us doubt the mercy of Allah and doubt the, the acts of worship we are fulfilling for Allah. So I want to worship Allah and worship Allah alone. When I worship Allah and worship Allah, Shaitan will come to me and try to contaminate my mind, to make me think, maybe you didn't do this for Allah. Maybe you, you, you actually committed shirk in this and in that. To be honest, beyond a certain point, it becomes a sickness and a disease. It's known as waswasa. Waswasa meaning the whispering of the devil and the doubts that the devil creates. You are taught to throw away those doubts, kick them out. I'd rather worship Allah with a mistake than to entertain the whispering of shaitan even once. Because shaitan wants me to divert. Allah says, do your best, make dua that I accept it and I will accept it. Imagine if a person fulfills his prayer and he's not sure whether he is upon ablution known as wudu or not. What's the ruling? The Prophet says, well, what's the last thing you remember doing? Do you remember washing up or do you remember breaking your wudu or your ablution? If you remember washing up clearly as the last thing you did, that means you're clean, you can pray and don't worry, we'll accept the prayer. Even if we knew that you actually broke your wudu. Amazing. Look at how Allah and His mercy is. Look at how Allah's mercy is. You broke your wudu, but you can't remember breaking it. So now when you get to the time of salah and you're asking yourself, do I have wudu? Do I not have wudu? Wudu is the ablution. And you follow the instruction of the Prophet, peace be upon him. He says, what's the last thing you clearly remember doing? Well, the last thing I remember doing is I made wudu. Can't remember breaking it after that. Allah knows you broke it. But anyway, Allah says, okay, if that's the last thing you remember doing, you're clean. Go and pray. You prayed and your salah is done, Allah will accept that prayer from you by His mercy. And if you want, maybe on the day of judgment, you might find out, you know, that day you didn't have wudu, but your salah was valid. And that's why if you make an error of that nature, and in fact, the hadith teaches you how to solve it, Allah didn't mind the fact that you prayed without wudu because you did what you had to. This is a very, very detailed example, especially for those who are struggling with a bit of OCD on that part. That Allah tells you, okay, you don't have wudu or you're unwell, you can't use water for some reason, for some medical reason. You can just use dust and it will clean you. You and I, dust is dirty, but religiously it's clean, it's pure, subhanAllah. So Allah is telling you, don't worry, I'll accept the prayer even without the water because Either you don't have water, you can't get to the water, or medically you can't use the water. Amazing. This is the hope that Allah gives us to say, Oh man, try your best. I want to pray. I can't stand. Allah says, no problem, sit and pray. Oh, but I can't sit either. Allah says, no problem, lie down and pray. Wow. I want to fast, but I'm traveling. Allah says, no problem, make it up another day. 
I can't even make it up another day because I'm not well. Allah says, no problem. You can just pay a fidya. You can give a certain amount because there is no hope of you making up the fast due to your sickness and illness. Allahu Akbar. Look at the mercy of Allah. What more in terms of hope do we want? Allah has given you all the hope. And this is why I tell people who keep doubting their acts of worship. You know what? You're falling into the trap of shaitan. He is the one who creates doubts. Doubts are not from Allah. Allah says, hey, don't doubt things. Just do it to the best of your ability and move on. We will accept it. And it's not going to be perfect because nobody has ever fulfilled a perfect prayer from amongst us. The Prophet ﷺ, yes indeed, but he's gone. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's the Prophet ﷺ. Obviously, he lives on when it comes to his example and his teachings and so on. But at the same time, the Prophet ﷺ, that was perfection. We are not perfect at all. Not at all. None of us can say, I have 100% concentration in my prayer and you know I've done everything absolutely to the letter and and that's it it's perfect Allah says at, at the end of the day you will only enter paradise through my mercy not through your deeds you will only enter paradise through my mercy not through your deeds which means your deeds you have to do them but you must make sure that shaitan does not create doubt in your mind and hopelessness you do it to the best of your ability and ask us to accept it through our mercy. We will accept it as is for as long as it was done for us. And for as long as it was done for us alone, following the path of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, you've got nothing to worry about. The minute you do deeds for someone besides Allah, you're asking for trouble because that's called shirk. And the minute you do deeds of acts of worship that were not taught by the Prophet then too, you're asking for trouble because you're supposed to be worshipping Allah the way He taught you through the Messenger. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Here goes my brothers and sisters. What beautiful hope. What beautiful healing. I pray that Allah grant healing to all those struggling with some form of OCD, with some form of uh, you know, uh, disorder whereby they entertain the waswasa and the whisperings and the doubts of shaitan that he creates in the minds and hearts of people. Here is Allah telling you, establish your prayer and then ask Allah to accept it from you. He will. When you become very fussy about matters of cleanliness such that nothing is ever clean, remind yourself that Allah is your Lord. He expects you to try your best and He knows that there will be some uncleanliness perhaps. There will be some things beyond your human ability and everyone's capacity is of a different level. So it's not going to be exactly the same with everyone. You try your best and you move on. In fact, what I told you about prayer and wudu, the same would apply when it comes to uh, a lot of other rulings in Islam. Allah is merciful. He's laid down instructions. Try your best. You know, you need to develop the taqwa to the best of your capacity, your ability. Allah knows it's not going to be upon that level of the messenger or the level of his companions, etc. It's going to be on a much lower level, but Allah will accept it. He will. He loves you. Allah is just what you tried your best. That's what it is. So I pray that these few words of uh, healing and the lessons we learned today can actually help a lot. I want to move on to the advice of... Uh, Yaqub, the Prophet Jacob, may peace be upon him, encapsulated in verse number 133 of Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, were you present at the time when death came to the Prophet Jacob? He called his children and 
he actually told them, who will you worship after me? And they said, we will worship Allah, your Lord and the Lord of our forefathers, Allah alone. This goes to teach us that in order to instill hope in our own selves and that of our progeny and so on, we must constantly remind them of Allah, learn and teach them in a way that they understand, in a convincing way. Teach them about who is the one who made them, whom they owe worship to. Who will you worship when I die? Have I fulfilled my duty unto you? Your children are just an amana entrusted to you, a trust entrusted to you. Fulfill it in the best possible way. May Allah grant us the coolness of our eyes through our children and may Allah grant us all paradise and the ability to worship Allah alone. Ameen. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.